Welcome once again to all of our locations, everybody joining us online. Week three, Church Defy. We're going to get to that in just a moment. i got Pastor Tyler with me. going to sit down and get into your questions. But we've had an amazing time over the past two weeks talking about a church gathered and then a church mobilized. If you missed any of those weeks, that's kind of the basis of, uh, of our questions today. We're going to have some fun. We can get into anything you want to get into, but I just thought the, the heaviness or maybe even the, the directness of the last two weeks as we talk about what the church is supposed to be in this season would, would lead itself to some questions and some dialogue. And I really, I really wanted to take three weeks and talk about the church, uh, that Action Church is going to be uh, in a time where the church is really, really needed. Uh, come on, you agree with that? The church is yeah. needed right now right. in our nation and, and in the world. And so I'm going to sit down and Pastor Tyler, you can give them some instructions and some of the do's and don'ts. And yeah, yeah. Well, all of uh, the it's probably good to hit first. Uh, this is an unscripted weekend, so people's questions are, are completely guiding the content that we'll address on the platform. Yes. And so because of that, I think it's really important to draw your attention at all of our locations. There's a number at the bottom uh, of the screen, uh, and there's, uh, we, want, we want to ask you to text in your questions to that number uh, and include your first name, yep. include the location. I want you to own your question. I added that. I added that because I would look at the camera and say, John from South Orlando asks, and, and the people around John know that it's John. Well, it and so, <laughs> no, 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 there's no hide behind, there's no keyboard warriors today at Action Church. You're going to own your question in Jesus' name. That's, that's one way to take it. Or uh, we just want to give you a shout out, John. And so uh, either way, either way, uh, we're going we're gonna to do that. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop. I see what we're doing here. I see. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, also, uh, I want to draw attention. Anybody joining online today, include that as your location uh, for the sake of today. It'd be really fun to kind of see sure. what questions are coming in from our online audience. And uh, I also want to uh, think, I think it's important maybe to start by saying we look very fall. We are embracing our fall yeah, wardrobe fall. today. <laughs> It's a vest. It's a hashtag fall, y'all. Yes. Yeah, we're missing two yeah. pumpkin spice lattes. That's yeah. the only thing uh, we need up here. So, uh, also, I never really got a, it's, it's surprisingly warm. I used to look at people that wore a, a vest and thought, you don't have sleeves. How could it be warm? But it's surprising. Yeah. You are on the golf course, it's surprisingly warm. Your arms feel and great. And your though. arms are still yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, could, you could do arm day and practice. still show off. <laughs> But be completely warm. There's a good chance by third service you've lost the undershirt with the uh, with the vest. Oh, just so. straight vest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Uh, I think it's also important, just it's a good disclaimer, uh, that is not my personal cell number, uh, so don't text it Wednesday when you need prayer. Uh, that is a, a different number, uh, right? So uh, let's jump into a, a couple of things. I thought it would be fun while we're waiting for questions to come in. I thought okay. it'd be fun to have a little activity here. We're in a series, it's called Church Defined. And so for me, somebody that grew up in church, it's been kind of fun going back to some of these old memories of growing up into churches, we're defining what churches will look like. And so I don't know if anybody here at Winter Park or any of our locations. Anybody grow up in a church that had a marquee sign out on the road? Anybody? Yes, come on. The old school marquee sign is so much fun to drive around town and see that. And so this is always a fun thing to do. I've picked uh, a couple of awesome church signs that we'll have some fun showing at, uh, at locations here. We should, do, so, we should do a marquee. I think you should be in charge of it. I could be a good sign guy. Yeah, yeah I could. Uh, uh, Pastor Evan loves I don't a know good what else you do around here, too. but I think you'd be a great sign guy. You'd be well, great. Yeah, well, uh, great. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, Let's get the signs. All right, go hopefully ahead. I got some job security yeah. here. Number one, uh, listen, I love a good farmer's market. We talked about it being fall. Uh, there's few things that are as good as a, a Saturday morning at the park. Come, come on. Here we got Calvary, Calvary Baptist Church, uh, my kind of people, God's garden. Let us be kind, squash gossip, and turn up for church. <laughs> 
It's a little, uh, it's a little cringy, I, I think, but uh, I, I do appreciate the wit there. No, it's like, no it's thoughts. Like, it's like small town Alabama where I'm from. That just, that just fits. It's like Sunday lunch and Sunday church all the time. Yeah, I, I do think it's... I haven't seen these earlier, so I'm actually judging Pastor Tyler right now as we speak. So keep going. Uh, all right, number two. Yep. Number two. Uh, number two. Uh, listen, you're a straight shooter. Uh, I appreciate that about you. like to say it like it is. I think, I think Pastor Don Manning from uh, Pentecostal <laughs> Church, your kind of guy. Yeah. Tired of being a loser? Turn to God. Yeah. I like Pastor Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. There's a good chance that his sign guy uh, charges by the letter. So, yeah, uh, yeah you got to just keep it right there, right? Uh, all right, we've got uh, number three is from Snook Brethren Church, which is an interesting church name. But uh, here's where it's got, uh, uh, well, okay, we'll, uh, we're going to switch up the order here. This is from Walnut Grove Baptist Church. What's all of us, uh, it's what all of us are feeling about 2020, right? Yeah. Uh, this too shall pass. Might pass like a kidney stone. Yeah. I saw, a funny, I saw a funny uh, uh, meme this week. Um, we didn't do this at Action Church, but a lot of churches, you know, at the beginning of the year, the pastor will say, this is going to be your year. Like 2020 is your year. And it was this meme basically looking like, pastor, you told me 2020 was going to be my year. He goes, no, no, no. I told you to tell your neighbor. You've been to that? You, you haven't tell your neighbor, touch seven people. You haven't been to that type of church. Okay. All right. Great. We cut that one for 1045. Put that in the notes. Tyler, you tell that joke at 1045. I, I, I love telling you a good sh- joke that flops. Yeah, yes. you should feel, uh, feel how let, that feels. Got one more. Got one more since it's such a hit here okay. uh, today. Uh, this one is from Snook Brethren Church. Uh, yes. I do appreciate this. Let's go ahead and show that one. And here's what it says. It says, the fact that there's a highway to hell and only a stairway to heaven says a lot about the anticipated traffic numbers. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Biblically correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, there's a good portion of our auditoriums that have no idea the songs that that sign is referencing, which yeah. is kind of a sad reality to, to our state of affairs here. But anyway, you ready for some questions? I'm ready. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in here. Um, let me see. We got a couple questions coming in. Again, let me just again say first name, location, question to the number at the bottom of the screens. Uh, and so I want to jump in here to uh, let's see what we got. Working from uh, signs to questions, it's a, it's a bit of a skill. Yeah, you have, you have three Apple this devices up here. <laughs> I'm, I'm an Apple I'm a product. I, I do like this. I like this yeah. one. With everything that's going on uh, with the world, how do I navigate my feelings and thoughts on social media as a church leader? I will say that uh, I'm setting a bad precedent here. They did not include their name or their location. So if you could follow up with that text with a name and location. But I think it's a good question. Uh, that came in here. So again, it's asking everything going on in the world, how do I navigate my feelings and thoughts on social media as a church leader, which is a really great, really great question. Yeah, I think um, we've, we've covered it the last two weeks if you've been here, but we should just put our, our, our Christianity uh, above our, our political preference. There's so many, there's so many people in our church, uh, and I was even on last night, and I'm just thinking, have you, have you missed the last two weeks? Like, like, are you, are you listening? Are you reading the, the New Testament? Like, do you, do, you, do you follow Jesus? Like, I just, honestly, like, we've, we've, we've lost our minds even as believers, and we've prioritized politics over people. And we've, we've made people our, our enemy, which they're not. We talked about in week one, people are not the enemy, they're the mission. But even if you've made them your enemy, and you still believe the Bible, the Bible says, love your enemies. 
And so even if you've made them your enemy, you're doing a poor job of representing Jesus as you continue to degrade and dishonor and tear down people. And so I think it's, you, you'll like this, I'm going to butcher it, but maybe you can clean it up because you have a, an English degree. Um, it's the Mark Twain quote that it's better for somebody to think that you're a fool than to talk and improve them right. And I would say it's better for people to think that you're a fool instead of post and improve them right. And so you just, we look, we look foolish. Like we look, we look foolish as we fight and swing at these. Have you ever walked, have you ever seen somebody walk through a, uh, a spider web and you know the spider web was there? I feel like that's what believers look like right now. Like we're just swinging at all these things. And I, I want to be, I want to be really, uh, uh, simple with this. If the same people like and comment on all of your posts, you're not changing anybody's mind or reaching any new people. You're just preaching to the choir post after post, and you're not making a difference. You're just making noise. Yeah. And so I just want to be a, a church that reaches people and connects people. And I think we do that by staying out of some things and loving people right, right where they are. And, and we keep getting um, I'm going to go for a minute on this one because we keep getting, you, you're going to try and get pulled to one side or the other. And Jesus just made his life and his mission to be right in the middle, to be right where hurting people were, where lost people were. And he didn't pick sides. He picked people. And so we're just going to do that. You say, you say that every time this comes around, that's because that's what Jesus did. He, he picked people. So just, yeah. just pick people. Yeah. Pick yeah. people. I appreciate the Mark Twain reference. That's, uh, that's good. That's there's, pretty close. There's an old, it's close enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like a B plus. There, uh, listen, I, I'm going to nerd out for a minute. I, yeah. uh, one of the highlights of my life was uh, attending the Mark Twain Museum up in uh, New Haven, <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew where it was going to go up here. Kelly's but, on the uh, front row and she's... She's never been prouder. She, yeah. That's not so. what I was going to go with, but... <laughs> All right, uh, I think it's a good, good time to segue into Cheryl's yeah. question. Cheryl's from Winter Park, uh, and she's asking, after you pray a prayer, the, uh, you pray a prayer to choose Jesus on a Sunday, what should your life look like Monday morning? Um, great question. First off, uh, we're called to make disciples, uh, not to make decisions. But you can't become a disciple without making a decision to surrender your life. So it's not either or, it's both and. Like, you have to make a decision to surrender me and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Um, but what will happen uh, is what will happen the next day is you will be uh, the same person in the same skin with the same issues. You'll just have the ability and the access to a, a, higher, a higher power in a relationship with Jesus to begin to look more and more like him. I think one of the, the misnomers is that I'm gonna accept Jesus and my marriage is gonna be great and my kids are gonna be great and my finances are gonna be great. No, you spent a lifetime screwing up all three of those. So Jesus is like, we're gonna, we're gonna work on this together, but, but it's gonna be a process. It's the process of sanctification. It's the process of looking more and more like Jesus. So what are you gonna look and feel like the next day? A lot like you did the day before, just with some access to a little bit more spiritual help. Yeah. And so. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I would assume there's a lot of people that relate to Cheryl Action being a, a church that's looking to reach people every, sure. su uh, every Sunday. So that's really, thanks for asking I think that, it's, I think it's an encouragement and a confidence builder because I think sometimes we get discouraged that it doesn't just happen so quick. And it, it really is like we spent a lifetime doing it wrong. Like we've got to, I mean, how many of you have ever tried to lose 10 pounds? Like you spent your whole life like gaining that weight. You're not going to lose all of it in a week. You know what I mean? We're like, like we give up that's on good. diets the same way we give up on our spiritual disciplines. We're like, it should be, should be different. 
<laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl, come to all three services. Apparently, that was a good answer. So, thank you. Cheryl, so, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin's asking from Winter Park slash Oviedo. Uh, I'd like to give a little Oviedo location a shout out there. Um, come on. She's asking, my question is, how do you move closer to God and move through grief after losing a loved one? Man. Um, well, grief is not like a, a, a process that has a, a necessarily a start and end date. So don't let any, anybody pressure you into to getting over a loss because we're all going to process that differently. And the stages of, of grief are not going to be always in order or, um, or linear. Like it's not going to be do this and then this and then this. It's really going to be like I feel this this week and this next week. And so I really feel like it is... Um, uh, Grief can be a gift, though, because the, the pain will cause you to draw closer to Jesus. What I found is when you, when you have it all, when things are going good, we have a tendency to not rely on, on our relationship with God. And so I would say see that uh, almost as, as a gift because you need God more than you've ever needed him if you're going through a season of grief. And so make sure you are pursuing him, seeking him, and then surrounding yourself with people that you can just get that stuff out. Like when you're, when you're feeling it, uh, surround yourself with somebody that can handle you just kind of offloading that anger or that, that pain or that uh, discouragement, whatever you're feeling, so that you, can, you, you don't have to carry that alone. Yeah. Samantha from Winter Park. Because Sanford is, and South Orlando need to represent a little I'm, bit. I'm we trying can, my best. I see one up. Pastor, we'll get Kenneth, Pastor Jake, you know, it's just we got, maybe we got you send in a question. I don't know. What's, we, we talked earlier with Cheryl asking a question, kind of what does Monday need to look like? And Samantha's asking a question, just kind of a devotional that you could recommend, a place to just kind of start for a new believer. And how can I bring that into a, a relationship? Uh, I mean, we, we give a resource. I mean, I think uh, started, started in the New Testament, if you're, if you're reading uh, the Bible, the Gospel of John would be a great start. Really, any of the Gospels uh, uh, starting there. Um, don't start in Genesis and read all the way through. Uh, that can be a little overwhelming. Uh, get to Leviticus, you're like, whoa, I don't think that I'm a Christian anymore. Uh, and so it uh, got kind of weird. And so I, I would uh, suggest uh, starting in the New Testament. Uh, we have a great resource, What's Next, by Pastor Chris Hodges, that, that talks about what, what is next and, and getting in relationship and getting in community and using your gifts and, and getting in the Word of God. And so um, Uversion, uh, if you've never uh, been familiar with that, is, is a phenomenal app from Life, uh, Life Church out of uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle, and they've got so many great devotionals. So I would say just get on there and, and find one. It doesn't, uh, we always get all the time, you know, Christians are weird. They like to argue about everything and like they argue what the best devotional is and what the best uh, translation is. And so what's the best devotional? Whichever one you start tomorrow. Like just you start a devotional tomorrow in the word of God. And I don't care if it's NKJV, KJV, NASB, ESV, message paraphrase. Like if you're reading the Bible, it will help you more than not reading it. So just start a devotional on version, and it will be, uh, it will be really, really, uh, a really, really good investment for you. Yep. Mitchell from Sanford. Sanford's in the house. They're on Come the board. On, thank you. Uh, I just love how you're going to answer this question. Uh, Mitchell's asking, is there a group or a part of the church that is trying to reach the people in jail or prison? Yes, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know specifically, Pastor Kenneth. If you're in Sanford, you can ask Pastor Kenneth. I know that we, uh, uh, Pastor Kenneth, not only leads Sanford but leads uh, centrally, organizationally, uh, our, our outreach uh, locally. I know 
um, that we have um, relationship with uh, various police departments and correctional officers, and I know we are doing something in uh, the prisons. Uh, Action Church has grown to a point where I don't know. One of the funniest questions I get all the time, my mom and dad attend Action Church, and uh, they always ask me like details, like what time is marriage night, or when is this? And I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, you're the pastor, how do you not know? And I was like, this, I, have, I didn't even know we did that. And so, Mitchell, the answer is yes, we're doing something, uh, and Pastor Kenneth knows, and uh, we could be doing more if you feel passionate about using your gifts and going into the there prison. It is. So. There it is. That's the one. Mitchell, you're on the team. Well, yes. Welcome aboard. Uh, action step. Start next week, this week, this week. Action step one. I don't know. <laughs> Job security, location pastors, you're doing great. And he's got action steps. I got the signs. Uh, there we go. Yeah. I was hey. thrown off because didn't last month we started a week late? Yeah. Yeah. Teresa's joining online, uh, and she's asking um, that, uh, she said, I need advice on how to deal with outside judgment from my family. They say I'm different and not the same person I was, mm. uh, and there's no longer a connection uh, in our present relationship. Different because she's a believer, you think? I'm assuming so based off of um, how she framed it. Well, a couple of things. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's assume two things. Um, Two different things. Assuming your family is healthy uh, and, and good uh, relationships for you, then I would say make sure that you are not becoming so heavenly minded for any earthly good. What I mean by that is make sure your changes are, are benefiting those around you. That's, that's what God should do on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit should change you and you should be contagious in a good way. You should be salt and you should be light. And so if it's a healthy relationship, let's make sure your changes are not uh, ostracizing or excluding your family as you go on your journey with Jesus, that you are including them in that. The, uh, the, the flip side of that would be, let's assume that your relationship with your family is not healthy uh, and there are some healthy boundaries that need to be placed. I would say pursue God with all of your heart. Uh, do exactly what I just said to do, but maybe set up some healthy boundaries for your emotions uh, and for your mental stability in which you are pursuing God's best for your life, not removing or excluding, unless they're abusive or, or dangerous, but, but uh, including them in, in different or healthier, healthier areas in your life. Just because people are your family or have been in your life doesn't mean that they should have close access to you if they have lost that right based off of their actions or their words or how they treat you. And so, so maybe God is calling you to, to be more aware and reach them, or maybe he's calling you a season to be, be healthier away from them, pray for them, love them, but love them from a distance. And so I think there could be so many different variables that you're going through. And, and if you're asking that, and it really is a tough situation or a painful situation, I would encourage you to reach out to location pastor or somebody on our team and really uh, allow them to mentor you or, or guide you through that, uh, through that season. Uh, Aston from Winter Park is asking, maybe it's Austin, but uh, A-S-T-I-N is the spelling there, but uh, forgive me, Austin, if it's Austin. Uh, it says, a good follow-up question, what are the best next steps for getting through forgiving somebody? Um, assuming they have forgiven them, let's just talk about forgiveness for a second. Forgiveness is for you, not for them. Like Anybody that's hurt you is probably not walking around worried about you forgiving them. Like Forgiveness is, is for you. Like That's like that's why, why the New Testament is so passionate about talking about us as forgiving others because we need it. Like uh, they, they don't need it. They probably don't even know that you're still mad. You need it. Like that, that bitterness is, is, what, is what's ruining your life. And so you need forgiveness. Uh, and it's real practical and we can move on. Uh, start praying for them. Like that's why, that, like if you, if, you, if you genuinely pray for somebody, you will stop 
being bitter, offended, or hating them. You cannot genuinely pray and ask for God's best for their life and God's grace for their life and still hold feelings against them. I would also encourage you, if you are dealing with that due to trauma, abuse, something that's happened to you, um, get in a freedom group at Action Church or contact your location pastor. We have great resources with, with local uh, Christian counselors. There are some things um, that you cannot walk through alone. I believe in the power of God. I believe that he can heal you from that unforgiveness. He can heal what happened to you in a moment, but the process of walking out the scars of what's happened to you will take a, a process of healing with not only the, the power and the presence of God, but with, uh, with kind of some more tools in your tool belt to get over what happened and counseling and freedom could be great additions to the power and the, the presence of God. Yeah. I love, I love Oscar's question. Oscar's joining online slash Oviedo. Another shout out to Oviedo. Come on. Uh, any we are still, Oviedo still exists, by the way. We're just waiting for, uh, for Haggerty to open. So if you're in Oviedo here, just keep attending and serving and, and, and waiting like we are to hear uh, from, uh, we don't have any control. So we're just yeah. calling and asking and, and hoping Seminole County Schools opens up sometime soon. So if you're watching and you are a uh, employee of Seminole County, we would love to be back in your high school. Thank yeah. you. I love, I love Oscar's question. He says, any advice for a father who didn't grow up in church, but he's trying to raise his own family in the church? Yeah. Uh, we, uh, Parenting on Purpose is a small group we have at Action Church. You need to get in it. And you need to surround yourself with, uh, see, I don't, I don't think mentors have to be older, and I don't think you only have to have one mentor. I would say find a, a family, get in a small group, and find a, a man uh, who's been following Jesus and loving his family and has kids that you want your kids to look like. How many of you know, don't take advice from somebody that doesn't have a life that you want to have. We have so many, back to the social media post, we have so many people sounding off on social media about everything and you look at their life and you're like, I don't, I don't no, I don't want to do. That's your opinion, but here's your fruit. Like that, like that, like that's, so, so Oscar, find, find a man who, uh, who has raised children that you want your children to look like and then take him out to coffee, take him out to lunch, join his small group and say, hey, just give me, give me a few steps, foundational pieces. What, what did it look like to raise your kids? And I think you'll, you'll have a great head start. But Parenting on Purpose is a phenomenal curriculum that we do small groups here at Action Church. Yeah. Uh, Brooke from Sanford, uh, she's asking a question about accountability, which I, I, love, I love how you frame holding believers accountable. So she's asking, her question specifically is, how do we challenge the words or actions of someone who is a Christian, but they're focused on the world instead of Christ? Mm. Um, my question would be, do you have a relationship with them? Um, and, I, and if you don't, uh, who does? And so I think the best person to, to confront or hold somebody accountable is somebody that, that it's going to be heard by the person receiving it. And so accountability has to be asked for. And so... Uh, if, if, if you're not in relationship with them in that way, you telling them what you think is just going to fall on, on deaf ears. And so, um, but you may feel a moral or a, or a biblical obligation to do that. Uh, and I would say this is a great leadership tool as well as confrontation is just is lead with questions. And so begin to ask them like, hey, tell me the difference. Like, what do you, what's the difference between how you are on Sunday and how you are on Wednesday? And they're like, well, this, this, and this. Well, tell me which, like, I just have the next question is which, which one is real and which one is not? Like, yeah. so ask some questions. Don't make these uh, assessments or statements. I think you can only make those assessments and statements if you are in relationship 
Uh, and the best accountability, I said it before, but let me say it uh, again. The best accountability is what you ask for. And so uh, as a believer, we should be asking for people to speak into our life, like giving them access to, to say, hey, here's what I think you need to do. Because even when they do it, it's not going to feel good, but you're going to remember, wait, I asked for this. I asked you to speak into my marriage or my parenting or yeah. my business practices. So, uh, Patrick from Winter Park, uh, I like his question as well. Patrick says, as a law enforcement officer, how can I balance being firm while doing my job, but also still reflecting the love of Christ to the people that I come into contact with? Man, um, <laughs> that's such, that's, that has a lot of layers. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I bet all of us can somewhat relate to, right? Like, how do I love well, but still hold firm to lines of, of whether it's cultural differences, whether it's, yeah. you know, preference differences. I think that all of us could probably hear kind of how do I balance grace, truth, and hold those two together. There it is. You, you answered it. It's, it's, grace, it's grace and truth. Our, our filter should be grace. Like, somebody needs to hear that today. Like on the right and the left. I read both your posts last night. Kept me up till 1 a.m. I was in a hole on our far right and our far left. Like you're doing it wrong. Like you need more grace, both of you. Like stop. You're misrepresenting Jesus. Like stop. You need more grace, but you need more truth too. And I think to police and to anybody, we, we, need, more, we need more knowledge. We need more education. We need more, more truth. Make, sure make sure you're great at your job. Like make sure you're great at your role. Like make sure you're respected, like make sure you're prepared, make sure that you're ready, make sure you're doing everything you can to be great at whatever profession and whatever thing you're representing and then believe God for the grace to, to make up the difference. Like, like just, like don't use it as, so many Christians, we, we use the grace of God as an excuse to be lazy or an excuse not to do anything. I think the grace and truth is not only knowledge, but like, I'm gonna be great at this. Like, I'm gonna be the best I can be at being a pastor or being a police officer or being a trainer or being an educator. And then I'm gonna believe God for the gap and where I fall short. And that's gonna happen as a police officer. There's gonna be situations that you're not prepared for, but it's gonna be the same way regardless. I mean, those are much more dangerous, but it's gonna be, the same, regardless of your profession, you're gonna be in situations where you're overwhelmed and I was not prepared for this, but I was as prepared as I could have been. And then I'm gonna rely on God to, to make, up the, make up the difference. Yeah. yeah, Patrick, thanks for fighting that battle every, every day that you're for seeing sure. up and going to work. For sure. <clears throat> All right, one more from South Orlando, from Sweb. He says this, Justin, you said last week, when you're distracted, you're vulnerable. Great point. I agree, and I've seen that myself before. Do you have practical steps or tips that you've learned to stay focused on that topic aside from reading the Bible five hours a day? <laughs> well, that's what I do. I just I read the Bible all the time. So just every day, eight hours a day. That's what pastors do. No, we no. just wake up and just read. Just enormous amounts. I'm being very, very facetious. You're like, you really? No, I don't. Eight hours is a lot. It's a lot of reading. Um, how do we keep from being distracted? Yeah. Um, it's going to sound simple, but hopefully I can articulate it. We got, we got to keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. I, I think that may be one of the greatest tools of the enemy right now is we're distracted. Like we're distracted by things that are, are important. They're just not eternal. So I think we, we, we keep from being distracted when we remind ourselves of, of the mission. I think, I think if I could pray one thing for our church would be like, 
Go back and, and do what we talked about last week. Like if, if we didn't do anything but read the Great Commission and put on the full armor of God, like if you didn't read anything but Matthew 28 and Ephesians 6 for the next six weeks, you would be a better believer. Like if you just got up and said, I'm gonna go and make disciples and I'm gonna put on the full armor of God and I'm gonna pray in every situation, like you, like just repeat those three steps. Like just go read those and, and, and declare those three things and I guarantee you, you will see people differently, you will treat people differently, and you will not live distracted. You will not be distracted by money, you will not be distracted by politics, you will not be distracted by people. I have a mission, and God gave me the resources and the tools to be equipped to accomplish this mission, and when these tools aren't enough, we talked about last week, I have people and I have prayer to, to make up the difference. And so I just, I just think we, we're, we're such a complicated, we're getting so complicated with our Christianity. It's, it's really, really simple. We have a great commission and we have the tools that we've been given equipped to accomplish it. Yeah, <clears throat> listen, we, uh, I, like to, I like to stay serious. That's why we had a little bit of fun to start it off. I think these questions are really, really good. And Vince is asking another kind of hard but, uh, but great question, and he's joining from Oviedo. Uh, and so <clears throat> I, I don't know if that means he's, like, sitting in the parking lot of Haggerty yeah, High School. Yeah, he's just in Haggerty right now. We have, we have, we, just, yeah, uh, we have, we have like, peaceful protests in Haggerty High School. Yeah. Like, open up the school. Yeah. Vince, Vince, you're making a difference. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. that, Vince. Uh, but he's asking this. He says, does Action Church <laughs> believe that every word of the Bible is all caps God's breathed and inspired word, even if certain sins are accepted or allowed in today's society? Yes. Great. Yep. Yes. Could, could, you, could you elaborate a little bit on? <laughs> yes, yeah, we believe from Genesis to maps. Like, all of it. I, I think it might be helpful for Vince to, to also, I think really the, the heart of that question, right, is, is how do I just kind of stand firm in that? Um, because yeah. there's a lot of attack at, at, at kind of cracking that foundation that's going to well, cause me to crumble. The reason it's, it's, it is the attack, and it always has been, is because uh, people, we love our opinions, um, and we're not okay with there being like foundational black and white truth. Because the Bible says things are right and wrong. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, which means it cuts in and cuts in. It divides. It divides good from evil and truth from untruth. And so it divides, and people, people like the gray. They're like, well, no, that's not, that's not what I believe. And, and when it comes to the Bible, it doesn't matter what you believe. Like, it just, it just is not, like, it's, God's not up there worried, like, well, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't agree with me on this issue. He's like, no, I don't care. Like, I was here before you. I'm not going anywhere. Like, I am God. Like, that's his word. So, now, what I will say in this, in this day and age, especially uh, with, the, with the next generation, we have to, we talked about last week, we have to provide an experience with the presence of God. Yep. We have to provide an example and a model of living out what the scriptures teach. Gone is the day where you can just say, because God said so. Right. Like that's over. Like you're, you're not reaching anybody under the age of 40 yeah. with, with the Bible says this. Like, yeah. no, the Bible says this and I live this way and, and we experience God and the power of God and the, the presence of God and the, the, the supernatural with God. Yeah. Is a, and so all of those things have to be included in the church. You can't just say because God said so. It's true. And if you're a real believer, that's good enough, but it's not going to reach lost people. And so we can't just say you're wrong and I'm right. We have to show them what right looks like.
looks like. This is probably, this is what right looks like and what right feels like. Like the presence of God is different than anything else. Yeah. The, the model in which we love and serve people and, and treat people that think differently than us. Like I think that's why I'm so passionate in this season of the, the election is if we just treat people like everybody else is treating them, what's the difference? Yeah, it's really good. Like, what's the difference? If we're just as angry and we're just as volatile and we're just as divisive, I don't care what side you're on. If you're dividing people against people, like, we're, we're, we're missing it. I think that's like we have to live out the word of God. Amen. And so I think that not only is it true, but we prove it's truth by the, by the fruit in which we, we yeah. produce with our lives. Yeah, that's good. Vince, Vince nailed it. Thank Vince, you, Vince. come back. Uh, Vince and Cheryl, right? We're out of time. Yeah, all three. We're out of time here. Come to all three services. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're done. I'm done. My time is done. Okay. Well, yeah. let's give it to Pastor Tyler. Yeah. I'm not done um, quite yet. Um, I thought about I thought about throwing Tyler for a, a loop real quick. Say, hey, you close out service just just for fun. Thought that would have been fun. Hey, I want to close with this with this thought. Um, I've been uh, I've been getting this this question a lot, um, and uh, and it's going to get really quiet in here. Um, and so. Pastor Justin, who are you voting for? I'm not answering that. <laughs> because I'm way more concerned as a church with how you're treating people that are voting differently than you. And so I, wanna, I want to close this series with, with, a, with a blanket verse that's really been helping me in this season. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 12, and it's going to be on, on every uh, every screen, every location is going to be on the bottom of the screen. If you're watching online, it says this. Make every effort. Everybody say every. every. Let's look at it together. Make sure we're not missing it. Make, make every effort. Let's just, let's read that a couple more times. Let's just, let's make every effort. Come on, two more times. Let's make every effort. Some of you aren't saying it because I read your post last night. Come on, let's say it one more time. Come on with me. You're in church. Just go with me. I think the presence of God can heal you right now. Come on, make every effort, like every effort, not some effort, not a little bit of effort, not effort when I feel like it, to live in peace with everyone. But pastor, what about there's there's no but with everyone. This is, this is where you got to get it, though. To be holy, because holy, holiness is not perfection. We've talked about it in the past few weeks. Holiness is, is not this righteousness. Holiness, the, the most simple and biblical definition of holiness is to be set apart. That we're going to make every effort to live in peace with everyone to be set apart. Like that's, that's how the church is going to be a light in this season is that we're going to handle it differently. Right. A church defined by our love and our grace and our, and our peace and our, and our eternal perspective and our love for, for people and the great commission that we are going to be holy. Because this, without a church that's set apart, without holiness, without us looking and handling it differently, no one will see the Lord. And you may be winning arguments with your post, but nobody is seeing Jesus. So you are winning a battle, but you are losing an eternal war. And I believe you will be held accountable because without set apart, nobody will see the Lord. And so we will be a church 
We will be a church that people won't see red and they won't see blue and they won't see preference and they won't see exclusion and they won't see bitterness because we are going to be holy. Set apart. So that regardless of what happens, they will see a people that said we will be right in the middle and regardless of what you've done and regardless of who you vote for and regardless of what you've said, we will be here to love you. Church defined by its love is a church that will win people for Jesus. Let's bow our heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. And I thank you that you are defining, you are refining, you are you're changing us because I believe you want to use us to, to be a part of, of changing the way people think and see you and others. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. A Q&A weekend doesn't seem like a, a place where people are going to give their lives to Jesus, but we don't ever gather on a Sunday morning or any time without giving people an opportunity to, to meet their Lord and Savior. So I want to do that today. We talked about how to get through grief today. We talked about forgiveness today. We talked about how to see people differently today. And, and we, only, we only get access to that, that higher power. We only get access to that presence of God. We only get access to that comfort and that peace through a relationship with Jesus. There is no other way. There's no way to the Father. There's no way to eternity, but through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you today at all of our locations or right there at home, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? The perfect Son of God who lived a perfect life for you so he could die a sinner's death as you and rose again to give you victory over sin and victory of the grave. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, pointing you to Jesus. You know, today is your day of salvation. Others of you, today is a day of recommitment. A day where you say, I, I'm not going to pick sides. I, I'm going to pick people. I'm not going to be in bitterness. I'm not going to be held captive anymore to this insecurity or this addiction. I, I, I heard that accountability question, Pastor Justin. I've been living one foot in, one foot out. Today, I decide that I'm living for Jesus. I'm recommitting my life. So for the first time, for some of you for the first time in a long time, you say, I'm picking Jesus today. I'm surrendering my life making him my Lord and my Savior. Did you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus. It's me. Come on. One, two, three. So proud of you. Four, yeah. Inside, in the back, yeah. Gotcha. Sanford. Come on down at South Orlando. Proud of you. God loves you so much. Put your hands down. Praise in your hearts, I pray out loud. Say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. And today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord and I'm giving you that place today, complete and total control. God, have your way. Have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And God, I pray for all of us, every single one of us, gathered today or worshiping in our homes. God, I pray that we would be a church that continues to gather on purpose, that we are not an institution, but we are a movement. God, we are mobilizing to reach and connect people. Holy Spirit, I believe you gave us a word today that 
that we're to follow, that we're going to be great commission people, that we're going to be armor of God people, that we're going to be prayer first people. And God, I pray that we be convicted today in the areas that we're not making every effort to live at peace. That we're going to shine in this season, not for our own glory, but for yours, because we're going to live differently. We're going to love differently. We're going to treat people differently. We're going to be set apart. A church defined by its love is a church that will win people who need Jesus. We love you. We praise you in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. All on location, we celebrate all the decisions. Come on, really celebrate.